Hey, Joe, do you know how Helen Keller's parents used to punish her when she was bad? No. They would sit her in a round room and tell her to go sit in the corner. The judges would also accept rearrange the furniture. <laughs> hey, welcome to Carnival Personnel. I'm Jacques. I'm Joe. And uh, Joe, uh, what a week it's been. Let's get right this week. We sometimes try to mix up a couple other things before we get into awful. So much awful. Let's get right into it. On Twitter, Joe, this week, used the C word. The only place, really, to use the C word appropriately, I think. Colored people. Yes. <laughs> now. Anyways, get off my lawn. No, but seriously, when I saw Joe drop the C word, um, uh, I, I was, I, I think I tweeted right back. It's like, oh, it's on now. Oh, right, yeah. Um, now, now, now Donald Trump is on notice <laughs> that Joe, Joe from, him. yeah, Joe from the Carnival Personnel Podcast called him the C word. Um, and yeah. to clarify, that's cunt. But and okay. yeah, and and to clarify, it's also hack at this point. Yeah, no, I mean you 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 could sense the venom coming through. Um, and now, why did I call him the C word? Well, uh, I'm waiting to find out uh, through the for the Mueller investigation. Do you think at any one point in time he ever colluded with Americans? <laughs> see what I did there. I did. See, see if he colluded. I laughed. The Americans, because, uh, yeah, without a doubt, and again, every time we say something like this, it's not hyperbole. This is historical. This is historically bad, and you can go through the history. It was horrible a few weeks ago when he brought his knee pads to meet with Kim Jong-un, and... Throughout there, we're going to stop war games with the North Koreans and the United States that they've been doing this for, and it was it wasn't rumored; it was fact that six months earlier Putin had requested that they stop doing these South Korea American war games off the coast of Korea and stuff like that. And he just threw that out there, and, every, and his Joint Chiefs of Staff were like. Uh, what? You know, uh, the South Korean government was like, uh, what? (laughs) (laughs) Cleared it with no one. And so one person. Yeah, exactly. And so now, why don't you, why don't you round up what got you so, you know, fire and fury? I decided to watch the entire press conference between or with uh, President Donald J. Trump and President Vladimir J. Putin in Helsinki. This week, um, it was, yeah, as everybody has stated, everybody that has a sane mind and ears and isn't a Nazi, it was a disaster, a complete disaster, a complete undermining of everything that uh, America has worked so hard for as far as their stature in the world, as far as relations with other countries, as far as their um, their image to other countries and... Um, yeah, it was just, it was awful the way he said flat out, I don't see why there, why Russia would want to meddle with the elections. Um, I, and, I, and that he took Putin's, he liked Putin's <coughs> strong, firm denial. Like, he liked the way he was being lied to his, to his face. Like, he truly almost believed Putin. That he didn't meddle in and, the elections of the United States. And where were they a year ago or six months ago? And he said the same thing. He had said the same thing previously that he had met with Putin and Putin. And it's like that he gave a really 
you know, and you even did a good impression at the time. You're like, you know, Putin. It's like, and you, you, you. I don't remember. You know what? There have been 450 awful things between them right. now. But, so but this my is my memory's a little fuzzy. This is the second time. And again, it's yes, it's the liberal CIA, it's the snowflake FBI, it's the pacifist is Homeland Security. Hillary's emails, Hillary. where's the server? Uh, but 17, 17 different intelligence agencies, 17 different ones have all said, this happened, this is how it happened, this is why it happened. And so when you go in the front of the world, in front of the world and say, oh, I believe this guy, I, I believe the guy who was the head of the KGB. I believe the guy who was a KGB agent since the late 60s all through taking over the country, I'm going to believe him over – I mean how many thousands and thousands of hardworking American you know, intelligence officers you literally just say, yeah, you're a bunch of fucking idiots. I'm believing this guy. Yep. Um, and um, what I also said on Twitter before I called him the C word was that he doesn't – he legitimately does not give a fuck – about American citizens, period, point blank, end of list, no debate. He does not care. He only cares about promoting his business, prolonging his business, and expanding his business to the detri- you know to the detriment of the United States. If that be the case, if that gets him to the finish line fast enough, if that if getting cozy with Russia and having Russian oligarchical money flood into his you know. His empire, so you know, so to speak, his 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 real estate interests, be they overseas or in America, okay, fine. You know, he I'm in in Trump's mind, he's only going to be alive like another, you know, no, (laughs) fifteen years. He's going to be alive probably, you know, on average, probably another twenty twenty five years. No, no, he's seventy one. 20, 25 years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, well, the McDonald's must keep him well preserved. You know, a Big Mac a day keeps the doctor away. <coughs> but um, no, I, I, that's just the way he thinks. Like, that's, you're not going to change his ways. We, we as a nation put this person in charge of our foreign policy. Did, you know? did we? Or did, I mean, every day, every day it comes out, not every day, every couple weeks or couple months. You find out that the Russian hacking went further than you thought. And now it has come out that they got into voting machines in like 12 different states. He won the presidency on the back of something like – I don't want to make up the number, but it's less than 100,000 votes overall. Like like something like 60,000 votes over a few states. A few states that swung the election 51 to 49 percent are also states that they hacked. And yes – it was close enough where they could hack it, but when you say we put them in as a country, right. yeah, we, we did a lot, but it, it literally gets more and more like, yes, they did. And not only – I'm going to take it one step beyond. When you say he doesn't care about bringing down America if it, if it uh, furthers his businesses, what was he doing the three or four days before going over to meet with Vladimir in Helsinki? Oh, God. Um, Single-handedly destroying the U.N. Oh, yes, NATO and all that, yes. He has a NATO meet. He goes to London, you know, you know the whole embarrassment with the queen, the whole, <clears throat> you know, cu- cutting her off, like right. when they're walking. 
Okay, again. Hey, whenever you have an opportunity to push down an old lady. A 92-year-old lady. Yeah. Fuck the fact that she's the queen and decorum and all this stuff. Go ahead and leave her waiting in the sun. But then when you're walking, you know, 100 steps together, yeah, just feel free to bully her out of the way, you piece of shit. But even at the, the, the NATO thing, he comes out, and I'm not going to pronounce the country right, Minolta. And, and forgive me for my Is ignorance. It Malta? Malta, thank you. And, 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 like, you know, his supporters were coming out and saying, well, what, you know, you want the United States to go to war if Russia goes into Malta? And the answer is, yes, you dumb fucks. And the only time, again, that Article 5 of the NATO treaty was ever put into effect is when we were attacked on 9 11. And fun fact, Joe. Uh, percentage of population and percentage of military, what NATO nation do you think sent the most amount of people to Afghanistan? Um, I was told there would be no history. <laughs> was it, I, it, I'm, I, I, honestly, I wasn't paying attention because these chips and dip, man. They, they are, are good. They, they, are, are they good. swept me off my feet. Was it America? Right? No. Uh, no the, the, England. No. Oh, wait, wait, the wait. largest percentage huh? oh. of soldiers and largest percentage of its population uh-huh. that, that went is Malta. Oh, Malta. Right. And it's the same thing. Like Finland, who has this tiny army, sent a larger percentage of their army over. Granted, you know, they don't have the army we do, but the one time oh, Article like, 5. Their they're, mean like their ratio. The ratio, their, oh, right. See, right. Yeah. Um, I mean, so everybody came to our defense when we needed it. You know, the only time the NATO alliance ever went into action in a military, you know, Was that setting. the Coalition of the Willing? It was the Coalition of the Willing. <laughs> um, I love these names. Like Freedom the- fries, baby. <laughs> Freedom fries. <laughs> All right, go on. But, but that's the thing. It's like, yes, we expect you to do that. I mean, and again, it, and this is what's scary. We, we, we'll talk about Hillary in a second. But what's really scary is... Um, I think it's Now News, like it's a Twitter feed that I... Now This. Now This. Did you see them break down Hillary's... It was like either the last debate or the second last debate that they had where the the Putin your Putin's puppet yeah not a puppet yeah I saw that and and then she was warning basically what's gonna happen she she 100% like this is this is what Putin wants for you know for NATO to be weakened for there to be infighting with NATO for somebody to come in from the inside and help tear it down for division and then he went down the list of uh, it's like to overlook Crimea, to overlook to not everything that she said, and and it's like no, I don't think she was Nostradamus. I think she was just like, yeah, this is what Putin wants. She was the Secretary of State, right, right, and it's not again that Putin specifically maybe wanted Trump to win. She he hated her so much, and and he just anyways. But the point is, she was one hundred percent on. If you love her, if you hate her, if you're indifferent about her, if you watch that clip. And she said, this is Putin's wish list, and this is exactly what's going to happen if he becomes president. And as she goes down it, you're, you're just sitting there thinking, oh, fuck. How, you know, how did we not – how did everybody else not see that that was so obvious? But it was. And, and, and again, you know, when he met with Kim Jong-un and he promised all this stuff without telling anybody, um, the scariest thing is after literally going over to the meeting with the NATO nations and shitting on them – Again, he, you know, he just shat on everybody about six weeks ago with the G7 summit meeting. Couldn't wait to go back and, and, and shit on all these people again. Then he goes and he meets with Putin with just him and an interpreter. That's it. No secretary of state. <clears throat> no advisor. 
No, nobody. Just you and Putin for a couple hours alone. And uh, you know what's sad is during Fourth of July, as we talked, what was it? Eleven, twelve GOP senators went over to Russia, and Russia was making fun of us, saying on their Independence Day, their government is coming over here asking for our help in their next election. And it's the same thing. As soon as this meeting was over, like the very next day, two days later, on their state-run media, not to be confused with our state-run media, they're like, oh yeah, um, the Russian army is getting ready to implement the new policy regarding Syria that the president's agreed on. And everybody here is like, what policy did we agree on? <laughs> uh, Keep talking, baby. These chips are calling me. No, but and, and and so and now they're trying. And and this is fuck all the people who say, oh, they're both parties are the same. Both parties are the same. No, one party is going out of its way to keep a traitor in office. There, there was legislation put forward two days ago. Okay. This is a government employee, th- this translator. We want to subpoena her and question her. And guess guess which of the two parties is blocking it? Do I have to? No. Okay. No. But but so... Well, that was fun. No, are we done? Hold on. Oh, yeah. Is know. there more awful? Are we doing more well, awful? Well, we caught another witch. Oh, right. Go ahead. You tell them. All right. You, this is all your show, basically. So, so no, this is, this is what's great. You know, the witch hunt has got another witch, and this is actually a Russian agent. And the great thing is, you know, when, when Sean Hannity, I think it was Sean Hannity, came out and goes, oh, these are all bullshit charges. It's like it was the charges were read in open court. And in the subpoena, and when they actually had to go to the bond hearing to say why she shouldn't be out on bail – uh, and these are the charges against her, and this is the evidence. This is 100% a spy who's been working with the highest level of the Russian government. They have all the emails and the correspondence going back and forth. You know, she actually hooked up with, you know, a political person here that she despised, and she's like, "Can I can I move out of this dude's house because he's gross?" He's like 40 years older than her, and she's not like. Drop that gorgeous, but it's definitely like, you know, uh, it, it is. It's a scene out of when you watch, you know, the backstory of the Black Widow on, um, you know, on Avengers and uh-huh. stuff like that. <clears throat> you know, Natasha, she has the same military training background. She's a gun rights advocate from Russia where they do not have gun rights, funny enough. Wow. Uh, where do they have lots of gun rights? Uh, only here, Joe. Oh. Only here. But she's over here. She's an activist. All of these things. Uh, and I'm, you know, it's amazing how much press she's getting um, now that you know. That, despite the fact that the NRA is not hyping her as much as they should, because the NRA has been completely silent on her association with the NRA. But, uh, about the past week. But they haven't been silent with what's more important. Obviously, now it's turned out, and we know this over like the last year, I think it's $30 million was funneled to Donald J. Trump via the NRA, via Russia. That's not hyperbole. Not hyperbole is the wrong word. That's not like... Conspiracy. Conspiracy. That's... This is the this is where the money well, flows. It was a conspiracy. It's not a theory. It's a conspiracy fact. It's a conspiracy fact, right? And now, so the government is done with this, and now they finally clamp down. Just three days ago, they passed a law that no longer does the NRA have to disclose where it's getting its funding to the IRS. 
So the GOP stepped right in and said, oh, Russia gave the NRA money that then turned around and gave it to Donald Trump's campaign. Okay, we got to put a stop to this. I'm sorry, we got to put a stop to you knowing this. (laughs) (laughs) And it's like when you say the two parties are the same, fuck you. Yep. Well, did you hear also that there is a... I guess there's going to be a law enacted in August that will allow for the distribution of files online that will allow people who own 3D printers to print single-shot handguns. Right. Which had been like battled in court for years, and then finally the, the government just like, eh, whatever, just do it. Fine, freedom of whatever. Here, you right. can do it. Uh, do those guns get detected in, in um, metal detectors? Well, they actually do. They do. Only because a, there is a law in place that says that any firearm that's sold in the United States has to have a detectable piece of metal in it. So it, this single shot, this single shot gun, it's about it's a handgun, but all it has for metal is um, like a little strip of metal, you know, attached to the handle that complies with the detection law in the United States. So it is detectable, but you know. Chances are you don't have to necessarily put that piece of metal in the handle if you're printing the gun. You know, I mean, it's so let's say you were going to hijack a plane with a gun. Whoa, whoa, whoa! I'm just saying, would you? What would, are we in the twilight zone over here? So, so would if you were somebody who was going to use it for malicious purposes, mm-hmm. you think you are more or less likely to put that strip of metal in there? Hypothetically, uh, I, I, I can't uh, answer that. But I can answer you that this is really going to, I don't know, is this going to like, is this going to dip in the gun sale numbers? Probably not. Because 3D printers aren't in every... 3D printers are more expensive than guns. They are. Um, but what the, this is going to do is like, honestly, and I mean this, um, where would you find 3D printers? Colleges, high schools, like tech schools and stuff like that and trade things. Yeah. So what you're doing is you're making guns more accessible to probably... Children. Maybe. Well, or, <laughs> yeah, maybe. But that's, so, but getting back to the witch. They caught another witch. So now this is the seventh witch that is actually behind bars right now, um, not including all the, you know, the people with the standing indictments, which, by the way, forgive me again for butchering the name. The Maninsky Act. We're aware of the Maninsky Act. Okay, the Maninsky Act is the 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 Russian sanctions name for this guy Maninsky in Russia, who was this lawyer who worked with former U.S. ambassador to Russia. Who I'm not sure if he was a no, he wasn't a fall off the building guy. He was somebody beat to death in prison, and it was one of those gang things where you know or you know where. They didn't want to kill this guy. They wanted to beat him to death and have people know that's how he met his demise, like tortured, literally tortured to death. Anyways, the former U.S. ambassador to Russia at the time who worked with Maninsky, uh, Putin had asked, oh, you know what? Maybe we will send those 12 people that Mueller wants to question if you send that guy back to Russia and instead of the answer being, fuck you, that's a U.S. citizen. Fuck you. That's a U.S. ambassador. You are you are breaking all kinds of like international law. That's a war crime for us to send you an ambassador so you can imprison him over there. No, Putin, you know, he says to Putin, it's like, yeah, it's something to think about. Well, hmm. 
and, and even Congress people, you know, GOP, for about, it cycled out of the news after 30 seconds, but about five or six of them actually had the balls to say, uh, no, you can't do that. So, yeah. Magnitsky. Magnitsky. Thank you. I knew I was going to butcher that. But yeah, so there's another witch in jail. So the witch hunt. So <clears throat> let's recap. Mm-hmm. He goes over and he shits all over NATO again. Uh, while he had a two day, he had a two day rest between shitting on NATO and it being convenient for Putin because of the World Cup. So he spent that time golfing on his golf course in Scotland that there was big reports about, oh, all that golf course was paid for with Russian money. Like, it's, again, it's not a conspiracy theory. It's a conspiracy fact that that golf course in Scotland that he was on was paid for in cash with Russian investment money. Straight up. And it wasn't an, it wasn't like a loan. It was like it was paid for in cash. So then he goes over. He meets with Putin alone. He promises whatever. He throws the intelligence community under the bus. Everybody's in an uproar. People are tired of it, Joe. And finally, yesterday, or actually two days ago now, the Senate finally had a hearing to get to the bottom of this shit. Praise the Lord. How did it happen? What happened? Uh, they had another Hillary email here. Oh, <laughs> yes. Like, you can't make, like, honestly, I don't know how Colbert and Kimmel and these people come up with things every night. because it's, Noah, yeah. It's so fucked up. Like, all this is happening. Like, truly... Our democracy is on fire. We are on fire, and they still go back. Even after the Comey thing came out that he used a private email, sir, what about my my email? You got to double down, triple down, keep on going. That's the way it goes. Okay, double down, triple down, I get it. What level of downs are we now? What is infinity down? Yep, just keep on going. Just like, you know, Shark Week is coming up this week, and um, just like a shark. You have to just keep moving forward or you're going to die. And that's, uh, that's, that's the way they do it. It's not on our rundown, but just as I was driving over here, you heard that uh, it's come out that Michael Cohen has tapes because the Playboy Bunny, her name is the, the one that... Oh, the, God. I heard about Okay. That. So the National Enquirer paid this woman for her story and promised her a job, which was to shut her up over during the election. Like, same thing as Stormy Daniels. Yeah. This woman had... But she had like a 10-month affair with him. She was paid the shut-up money, and now it comes out that, oh, part of the tapes that were rated, like Michael Cohen knew that he was being thrown out of the bus, so he taped all of Trump's conversations. It just came out all over the news that there's a conversation talking about how to pay this woman off. Yep. Hello. Anyways, yep. so which that, that's for next week. So we're done with this week and awful. Uh, Woo! Completely, you know. I, I that's wish, the podcast. Thanks I, for tuning in. We uh, we should have like two defunct sponsors to get between the segue, <laughs> or have some kind of segue between. Now we're done talking about all the awful. Let's talk about other stuff. Yeah, we should play like a Bugs Bunny cartoon in between. Right, right. <laughs> like a little admission uh, uh, intermission car with a yeah, a little engine trouble. Let's no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Uh, so, I watched. Uh, it's a few years old because, as we talked like last week, Godfather and Heat. I'm getting caught up on movies I was supposed to watch twenty plus years ago. For shame. Uh, I watched. A, I watched another movie this week with uh, Cameron Diaz and John C. Riley. Oh, what was that? What's that comedy they were? Gangs of New York. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. That was the uh, Martin Scorsese movie that I'm sure lots of other people watched as well. I did not watch 
the gangs of New York. Yeah, and it was. It was like one of the other days. Um, I forget. You know, I, I, I was sitting on the couch, like getting some work done. There's always stuff on the background, and I see it. I'm like, oh, I've never seen this. And as I'm watching, I'm like, if somebody told me like 20 years ago there was this movie with Cameron Diaz and John C. Riley, I think, how did I miss that comedy? Because I, I yeah. seen every comedy, but I, you know, I missed these. So on the 20th anniversary of There's Something About Mary, you watch Gangs of New York. Makes perfect sense, doesn't it? Uh, interesting. Uh, and it's one of those movies where I really wanted to look up like the historical factory you know and, and and how close it was and if any of these characters were real and and there was these uh these race riots in new york during the civil war and it was really interesting how you had it's funny how we haven't grown much as a nation you have these people who are first or second generation americans at war with all the immigrants coming over to their country, and they would call themselves patriots. And I, I actually looked up; they were they were patriots. Um, I'm trying to think; they had a couple other fancy names for themselves, but they were going down to the dock protesting people as they got off the boat. And as people were getting off the boat, you could sign up for military service right then and there. We will give you citizenship. You sign here. And then you sign here that you're in the army and we'll give your family some money and we literally right from the boat put you in a uniform and send you off to fight the Civil War. Uh, and then, of course, you know during these riots, uh, well, there was a lot of people who didn't want us to be, you know, the, for the North to be fighting the South because, again, it's like what do those people way down there have to do with us? So the gangs went and, like, just burned down all, like, housing projects or where, that had, like, you know, black people living in it. Like, literally, it's like, oh, we're fighting the Civil War over slavery. Let's go find the nearest black people we can, beat them to death, and burn what they have. Uh, one of the fun, interesting things, and I did know this from history classes, at this time, you didn't have, and this is again, when you want to privatize everything, there was competing um, police units and, and competing fire stations. Wow! Yeah. Like, like, but and you would have to sign up, like, so your house, Joe, you would like, oh, I'm gonna use, you know, Jim's. Like, you know, fire service, and then you got Steve across town, and Steve's people are closest to you, your house is burning, they run over, because literally at the time, they would just run over, pull the wagons with them, but you would have to have, like, a poster, or you would have like, some kind of... It's like ADT. Right. One of those things. Oh, this son of a bitch isn't paying us, he's paying Jim, fuck it, let it burn to the ground. Like, and they would, or two people would get there at the same time and get into a fight, over who gets to put the fire out, wow. you know, type thing. But that's why you don't privatize things like this. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's, it reminds me of the video game Paperboy, where <laughs> do you remember the arcade game Paperboy, where if you would have the subscribers and then you would have the non-subscribers, and the non-subscribers' houses were always red, and they always had like tombstones on their lawn, and they were, you know, blackened windows, and you were encouraged. You got points. For trashing their house. And then what would you get uh, after you trashed their houses? They would become subscribers in the next day. <laughs> so, anyways. So, games, it was interesting. But, again, you know, I'm so late to the dance on it. And I don't, I didn't even bother to look that part up. If it won Academy Awards or anything like I that. I it was nominated, but it kind of got panned. Uh, or, you know, it snubbed it. I don't know. It didn't really garner a lot of awards in my memory. I don't, I don't I mean, know. Leonardo was, you know... Good. Yeah. You know, it was a good story. Like, you know, the the 
the made up stuff was was the interesting story, but the the historical stuff, it's like, oh my god, we have been awful forever, nonstop awful. So, Joe, I'm gonna bring it up again. Yes. Funny you should ask. Well, I, I don't remember asking, but <laughs> see what I did there. Yeah, uh, that show, yeah, the game show. So, we, so this is the summer. It's not the summer of game shows. It's yeah, the summer of rehashed game shows. Yeah, it's the second show. The second summer of game. Oh, shows. Uh, know, uh, I mean, they, these have been around. These have been rehashed. I think they're like Match Game, for instance, is in its like third season. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but, I mean, ABC has been like. Kind of bringing them back. Gong Show. Yep. 20, uh, Pyramid. Pyramid. And Match Game. And Match Game. And To Tell the Truth, which is on not, you know, anyways. So, ahead. but no card sharks. Not yet. Dude, I don't think you, that's kind of like, um, it's kind of like the Godfather card sharks. You don't want to remake it because it will just tarnish okay. its <laughs> legacy. <laughs> so, uh, Shakes a Cloud, the <laughs> Citizen Kane of alcoholic cloud movies, card sharks. The Citizen Kane of game shows. Oh, the Godfather. Oh, yes. The Godfather. The Godfather of, of, of game shows. Yes, go ahead. Anyway, so I don't know, you know, uh, turned on the TV the other day, and there it just is the start of, of a match game. And it is just as cheesy as ever. I mean, it's like um, the jokes, the setups, you know, it's it, it's it's. Like watching TV, like the late seventies or mid seventies. But isn't it yeah. great? It is. It is. because it's like again, these are they're quote unquote celebrities. Wait, are you talking about Match Game right now? I am talking about Match Game. You, me, are talking about Match Game, hosted by uh, I almost said Alex Trebek, uh, uh-huh. uh, Alec Baldwin, Baldwin. Yeah. right? Uh, Speaking of Trump, it's, it was, <laughs> you know, and, and it's funny because there was a question about Mike Pence right. on it, and it, everyone was like, uh, but again, like the celebrities are, were the celebrities on Match Game and all those shows in the 70s as C listers? Eventually. I mean, I remember the first season had, you know, Jack Klugman. Like, Jack Klugman was married to Brett Summers, who was the mainstay on Match Game through those entire. Through its entire run in the seventies, but you got like gets like those people. Um, then like you got the um, the Elaine Joyces, the Joyce Boulefonts, the Fanny Flags. You know these types of people. They were you know they were seedless celebrities. Not that they were terrible, but they were just right for that medium. And, and it's like as a kid, that's that's the only way that I think you would have known or I would have known Paul Lynn. Or right. or you know Charles Nelson Riley. Yep. Um, How could I forget CNR? You, <laughs> but but so I'm watching it and I'm like Carol Caroline Caroline Ray. Ray and I'm thinking, oh my god, is, is is this her gig? Is this all she does? Because she's on Funny You Should Ask. She's on this, and it's, she uh, actually has a new show on on Game Show Network <laughs> called Caroline and Friends. She's a really funny person. Is she? Just yeah. not on these shows. I think she's hysterical on uh, on Match Game. Um, I. She did the voice of the mom on Phineas and Ferb. Which, one of my favorite shows. Yes. Yeah, Love it. She was on Teenage Witch, uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Not in my wheelhouse. No, not in your wheelhouse. Nor, nor in mine. Nor should it have been. Nor in my, <laughs> Right. Yeah, you would have been put on some sort of list. <laughs> and rightfully so. Yep. But, um, yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I, I think she's great, you know. Um, you know, yeah, it's kind of, um, it's goofy. It's goofy, cheesy comedy, but... I kind of like that in small doses. You know, I'm watching Double Dare for Christ's sake. 
I'm watching Double Dare. I'm watching Double Dare alone. That's <laughs> the level of entertainment that I seek. But so it's funny because I did. I, on my notes, I have put, uh, is, is Caroline Ray this generation? No, she, she's much well above uh, Brett Summers, I think. I mean, Brett Summers didn't do a voice of a popular cartoon. What did she do? How did she wind up on all the shows? Married she, to Jack Klugman. Exactly. Married to Jack Klugman for a couple of years. And then, you know, um, that's it. So go on. After that, you know, so I was like watching that. I'm like, oh my god, is she going to be? It's like has these reboot of these game shows like given her like a, a real career or something? You haven't lived until you've seen Leslie Jones from Saturday Night Live and Ghostbusters uh, play the Pyramid Game. That is, is she great? Hysterical. That is great because you know that's like high paced, having to give clues. Get you like those people like get into it. Like if they if their partner's not getting the clues, like and they're you know. Uh, as lively as a person like Leslie Jones is, uh, stuff comes out. It's pretty pretty good. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I am. I don't think I'll ever enjoy Pyramid as much as on Friends, on the episode where Joey was on. And the guys, like, it was just so awesome. You know, it, it, again, we've talked about this a number of times. It's it's the same level of TV awesomeness as when Cliff was on Jeopardy and killing it. Um, but yeah, I highly recommend going to YouTube and looking at Joey from Friends. That on was Pyramids. the Donny Osmond iteration of Pyramid that Joey was on. <laughs> uh, what was the it? fact that you know that? that boom! Just pull this. Right I out remember of the it. clip. Things that are white. Uh, what's white? It's white. It's in your fridge. A ghost. Right. <laughs> what would a ghost be doing in my fridge? <laughs> Anyway, so that's it. So I, I, and I really think I brought this up just to be able to mention. Funny, you should ask. You would. Anyways, I think we should take a breather. Maybe uh, run a few cartoons. Hey, kids. Hey, kids. It's your Uncle Dale. Do you remember? You don't remember Dale Dorman? Dude, yeah, of course I remember from WLVI. Dale Dorman. Hey, Uncle Dale. Dale Dorman from WLVI. It's the kids' corner here on LVI. We're gonna play a little uh, Woody Woodpecker right after this. Dee, 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 dee. But really, we're going to do a defunct... <laughs> you want me to do Dale Dorman? Please, throw, throw Dale Dorman throws it. <laughs> take, 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 take a beat. Right. Either that or Alex Jones. <laughs> right. <laughs> Have you ever seen the two of them in the same room at the same time? I rest my case. And now the defunct sponsor of the week. Hey, the weekend is coming. The V66 weekend break. Whoa, mama. With Dale Dorman. And we'll get set for the fun and the sun and lots more. Saturday morning. Don't miss it. Don't you like how I do that? On the V66 Weekend Break. Boston's best weekend fun starts right here. Saturday morning's great videos. Shelby is all the way. Getaway weather updates. A few of the clouds will separate and the sun will be here. Everything you need for a great weekend. <laughs> I covered that pretty well. Dale Dorman. Saturday mornings on V66, the beat of Boston. So, Joe, sport is going to be light this week. Or... or Unless you have things to add. Well, I mean, are we going to first... I, I should congratulate you on your World Cup win. Thank you. You called it. Last uh, week you said France was going to take it all the way. I was, you know, adamant that they were going to crow-wash it, <laughs> and they did not. I don't even know what the score was. How did it... I, I found out via Twitter, like, third hand, that France won the World Cup. It was uh, It was over early. It, w it was over early. One, one nothing. Uh. Usually no, but once honestly, once it was two to nothing, and then it was, 
I think at one point it was four to one. I'm trying to think if it was oh if it was three one. If it was it wasn't one one. It was two. Maybe it was two one at one point, or maybe it was three nothing, and it was three one. And then and Mr. Price, Price is right, said, "Oh, it happens more than you think." There was the French goalie tried to be fancy and. Went to kick the ball, and before he could kick it, basically somebody from Croatia like kind of just snuck in and just tapped it into an open net behind him. Mm. Um, but it was interesting. I think that was the only game I predicted right throughout the entire thing. You had a 50-50 shot. And I, I'll be honest, it's like I, I've missed it. Like the World Cup does get fun, and it does. I mean, it's just a big spectacle. Um, but no, as far as sports go, I mean, baseball, all-star game, Red Sox are best record league, and I don't think either one of us care. I know it, and that's it blows my mind. Like you know, ten, fifteen years ago, we would be like, "Fucking Red Sox, fuck it, fuck you, Yankees, suck my dick," woo, you know. Like, but now it's like run up and smack an old lady wearing an out of town baseball hat. <laughs> yeah, whether she be the Queen of England or not. <laughs> exactly. What would the Queen of England be doing? <laughs> uh, a lot of basketball trade, nothing. Like, Patriot can't, nothing. I don't care about, and I'm not, I'm not caring anything about the NFL uh, at all. There's there's a little more controversy with, like, the anthems coming up and, like, a couple teams with, oh, we're suspended. Fuck it. I don't, I'm not getting into any of that drama until September. Not right. even a little what bit. What drama are you going to get into this week? Well, I will bring up that Darrell Revis, who I've never liked, um, and he's one of these guys, it's like, oh, he's the greatest shutdown corner of all time. It's like, yeah, he's really good on the Jets, um, who he did twice. Twice he made it to the AFC title game with Revis on the team and um, never won an AFC title game. Uh, but he had like five, six years. I was five, six years in with the New York Jets. was great. Really great. But again, you know. Didn't really go, you know. Won a couple, won a couple playoff games. Comes to New England, and was good, but wasn't great in New England. It took him like six, seven weeks to really kind of get up to speed. But there wasn't any, there wasn't one game that you're like, oh, thank God, we had Revis on the field. You know, they they finished that season thirteen and three, fourteen and two, won the Super Bowl. And won the Super Bowl, you know, on the back of like Malcolm Butler's great interception, not Darrell Revis' great interception. So it, it is. It's one of those things where he, um, w- where he's had a really good career, but then he left New England. Of course, you know, uh, w- w- let me get it straight. So he was with New York for, I think, four to five years under his working thing, then went and chased the money and went down to Tampa for a year. And while he was with Tampa Bay, they were like 13, uh, 3 and 13, 4 and 12 uh, on a one-year contract. Came up to New England on a one-year contract, and then and then he went back to New York. And when he went back to New York, you know, New York overpaid him. He goes back there for two years and was just horrible. I mean, not not even close to being a shell of the guy he was when he had left New York three years earlier. And you know, was hurt. Uh, he had put on weight and he came out to camp and, and he was even saying things like, you know, it's like, well, your body's a lot different at, you know, 30 than it is 22 type thing. It's like, yeah, but you cash this huge check. So New York gave up on him and then he went to Kansas City. Um, so, so actually New York gave up on him and last year he couldn't get a job. He literally could not get a job. And halfway through the season, 
or maybe 10 games through the season, Kansas City Chiefs were like, yeah, we'll take a flyer on him. Why not? It's short money. You know, we only have to pay. And the funny thing is, they didn't have to pay him because basically the way this contract was structured with New York is they were paying him like $10, $13 million to go play for Kansas City. He comes to Kansas City, who already had the best record, second best record at the time in the AFC. And in a playoff game, and if you have no life and you have a lot of time on your hands, um, you got to look up these highlight clips from the playoff game he had where there was three different times he could have tackled somebody and and totally T-Rexed it. Like, like mm-hmm. refused to make contact because it was probably his last game and why the fuck is he going to get hurt? And it, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody embarrass himself more. And he just retired the other day. <laughs> I'm just reading online that his deal with the Chiefs was a two-year agreement for $11 million, and they let him go after you know playing six games. Right. Well, it was, it was but it was contingent on them picking him up like the next yeah. year. And the way it works is you if you if you paid him more than like the league minimum for it's something like a two million dollar thing for a league minimum player. Uh, but where it was so late in the season, they could pay him the two million dollars and not have to take on the Jets' money. So they so the Jets basically paid ninety percent of his salary. It was an eleven million dollar contract, by the way, a two year eleven million for the right. But it was like like two million year one because that's the end of the right, Jets' right. contract. And if he played the second year, it, it would have been, been like nine or ten million dollars. And they're just like, yeah, it wasn't guaranteed money. Okay, you know that's the thing. And he embarrassed himself so much. And now I love it's like he retired. It's like, dude, he retired last year. He just came back and collected another pay. It was so embarrassing. Mm. And I hate when people say automatically, oh, Hall of Famer Daryl Reavers retired. It's like, dude, y- you know, you look at the people, again, Ty Law from the Patriots, who had like a three had three times more interceptions than him. It's like, yes, Revis, there was a window where for like two or three years, Revis was the best, hands down the best. But he'll probably get in because the Hall of Fame has become the Hall of Very Good. And he also played, it didn't hurt, he played in New York. If he played his whole career in a secondary city, if he played in Tampa his whole year or something like that. Uh, now, did he beat anybody? Like, did he kill anybody? Did he, you know, what does off... The field record, kind of like, is he kind of lived? No, like it a- wasn't that bad. Like he had, he there was two years ago, and they said that's one of the reasons he was having trouble like getting onto a team. It's like when he left the Jets, um, you know, he ended up getting into some kind of bar fight. But it turned out that, like, upon further review, it was just a bunch of local guys kind of causing shit type thing and it wasn't like yeah. he was an innocent bystander like look if you're out at 3 a.m you know what i mean trouble's gonna find you type thing mm. but no he didn't have a uh, like beat his wife or anything like but that, that. gets into the hall of fame these days yeah no seriously so that but yeah, he's a seven-time pro bowler yeah but but that's you know and now he's gonna be a pro bowler <laughs> like he's just- Oh, dude, you you are you are a funny person. You are not very unfunny. Uh, and and but but more important, most people most people tune in for this week in the USFL. Right. We need a theme. 
I need to work on a theme. But before the USFL season is over, I have to come up with a theme, like a nice, like you know, seventies, like a lot of conga drum, like. Some violins. This week in the USFL. Uh, Logan Young Jr. was awarded a Memphis franchise and named it the Showboats. Mm. That's about it for this week. <laughs> 1985. I was about ready to eat like seven more chips. Jesus. All right. So, Okay, now we're getting into video game territory. Woo. Big time. Your wheelhouse. All right. It wasn't planned. It wasn't done on purpose. But one night this week, maybe Monday or Tuesday... Your wife was home at a reasonable hour from work, and the boys were there, and we're like, hey, let's watch a movie together. And they had seen it before, like, just the logo on Netflix. We watched Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! Okay. Yep. Couple questions for you. Yes. Seen it? No. Really? I'm not a big fighting game guy, like yeah. kung fu guy. I don't know. I'm not a big martial arts guy. I mean, you couldn't. I mean, looking at me, you would say this guy's martial arts guy all the way. No, no, <laughs> not a big martial arts guy. How did you like it? Who is in it? Anybody of note? Uh, 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 Christopher Lambert played one of the main characters, a guy named Raiden, yeah. I guess. And what's really funny, the boys wanted to do it because on. Um, and, and and have you seen the Injustice games? I own a couple of the Injustice okay. games. So th- there mo- are two games. They're Mortal Kombat with, with a DC Justice League story wrapped around it. Yep. But essentially, it's Mortal Kombat. All, over like the last iteration, um, you know, not part of the storyline at all, but it's one of those things where the game will update characters to put in it so you keep playing the game. Yep. They started having Sub-Zero and a couple other Mortal, Mortal Kombat. Kombat people in there. And so the boys only know of Mortal Kombat because the players from that game have been uh, integrated in. I, I, You know what? Maybe they should play a little Mortal Kombat from my collection because I think I own Mortal Kombat 3. Mortal, I, I mean, I own, I think, all of them on emulator. But anyway, I own <laughs> I've stolen from the man these games. But um, speaking of um, 90s fighting game movies, uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme recently came out about his role in um, the Street Fighter movie. Do you know Street Fighter, yeah, the yeah. video game series? So there was a movie where with Jean-Claude Van Damme from the 90s. I didn't read the article, but the headline said, Jean-Claude Van Damme admits he was coked out of his mind through the entire filming of the Street Fighter movie. That's hysterical. Yeah, so it I have to look. Surprises who? Um, I don't actually. I don't know. Did you? I mean, did you look at him as a big coke guy? I mean, I'm not a. I can't tell a person on cocaine, you know, from just looking at them. From from late seventies to early nineties, I assume every celebrity was <laughs> coked out twenty four seven. You might be right. You may be right. So, oh, speaking of one last thing, and I think I show this to you. You've seen it, I think. The uh, Uncharted fan film started na- starring Nathan Fillion. Oh, that was a fan film. Yeah, that was oh. a 15-minute fan film. I didn't look. No, I, I thought you a, sent me not, a link saying. Not a trailer for a real movie. So I've played Uncharted a little bit. Your boys have played Uncharted, I think, a lot. 
Have you watched the have you have you ever watched them play Uncharted? Oh yeah. So you know who Nathan Fillion is, right? He's, I am a huge Firefly huge. fan. Yeah. But everything he's ever done. Like I didn't watch Castle, but I know that works good. Yep. There's a new he has a new show coming out called like The Old Rookie or something like that. Okay. So uh, wait, wait. He 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 was in season two of a series on unfortunate events, and is fantastic in that. Yep. And he was also, oh, I'm gonna mess it up. Him and Neil Patrick Harris also did which a Josh Wheaton project. Oh, was it the uh, the, the doctor? The doctor. Yeah, it was like a musical, a, a superhero musical. Yeah, he was fantastic in that. Yep. Um, so that anybody who's played Uncharted for any amount of time probably noticed a likeness. Uh, a similarity between Nathan Drake and Nathan Fillion. And it's been clamoring for years that Nathan Fillion should play Nathan Drake in a movie. And even Nathan Fillion was like, yeah, I'll play Nathan Drake. So this was, as he put it, it it scratched an itch of his to do this fan film for this director. Um, It's really, really good. I'm not a big Uncharted guy. But it hits all the marks of an Uncharted video game. And even, you know, like the, the, the dialogue's funny. Um, you know, there's some other recognizable kind of B actors that you might, you know, have seen in other things. Um, and then the action sequence, it even like, it starts off in like uh, in the widescreen, widescreen aspect ratio. And then it goes to the third person shot. Like the over-the-shoulder shot, where if you like, you know, when you're playing Nathan Drake in the video game, you're seeing him from behind, and then he's like has to outgun the gunman, and it start the widescreen like opens up to the anamorphic screen on your on like a, a regular TV, like it would in the video game. So oh, it looks like it's right. going from a cutscene to an actual game. That's interesting. Um, and the music's good, and it, and it's and it's an interesting storyline. It has to do with Magellan and. Some sort of treasure that they thought was buried, but it really wasn't, and it's it's like a first scene to what would might be an even an interesting TV series. You know, it's uh, my, my my first introduction to uh, Nathan Drake was uh, Superhero Smackdown. It's a YouTube channel where they have Superman fight the Hulk or, or Superman fight um, Thor. There was a good Superman fight Thor. You know, Batman fights. A couple, they've had him fight a couple, a couple different Batmans. Like one version of Batman have fought, yeah, like Adam West, Batman. Deadpool. Yeah. One have fought. Uh, there was a great one where, you know, Batman fights Darth Vader. That's that's pretty awesome. Um, so you saw Nathan Drake on there. Nathan Drake fighting um, Tomb Raider, uh, Laura, oh, Croft. Laura Croft. Yeah, and it's like it makes sense because it's the same thing. They are both Tomb Raiders. They're archaeologists. They're historians. Who it's a little bit. I mean, that's what it is. That's what Uncharted is. It's a little. It's a little Indiana it, Jones. It's seven. Yeah, it's fifty percent Tomb Raider, twenty five percent Indiana Jones, twenty five percent. Oh, National Treasure. Yeah. You know, type, type, you know, these clues that were really buried in this. And right. Blah, blah, have, blah. We have an artifact that if you put it, if you lay it against this map and you look at the sun at this the right angle. Yeah. And, uh, and it's so, so it's fun. So I saw that. But then my little guy, and again, it was one of those things where the game, it, he, he, I think the same day he went to get something from GameStop, didn't have it. So he already had it in his mind. I was going to shell out 30 bucks. So I was spending 30 bucks no matter what. I wasn't getting it. No one gets out alive type <laughs> thing. And I 
convinced him to go over to the discount bin, and it was it was like Uncharted, Second Son, and like Last Among Us, or yeah, The Last of Us. Last of Us, thank you. They loved all, but he really loved. And for like the last two Halloweens, not for Halloween and like a couple Comic Cons because they blur together, as you know. Mm-hmm. Him and his mom made a really awesome Nathan Drake outfit. And I remember when we went to a Comic Con in Rhode Island last year or the year before, because it's not a character, it's not the biggest game, it's not the most popular thing. Right. How many times he got stopped by people asking to take pictures with them? And he got asked to take pictures with two or three other like grown ups, like late teen, early 20s guys dressed as Nathan Drake <laughs> and they loved it. Like we had one guy had like a mini treasure chest and stuff. It was fun. You should check out this thing. It's only it's a short oh, I definitely, picture. It's yeah. it's fucking awesome. I think I think it was great. I, I didn't check it out yet because I thought it was like, you know, going to be like an I thought it was going to be an article. What did I check out? Completely it's not on the script. What did you send me this week that I checked out, Joe? Oh God, that um a full thirty minute eyewitness news from 1977 for KABC New York. And it was like the day the blackout in New York City had finally been resolved. Or started to be resolved. Right. Half the city was still in darkness. Yeah, but it was a full, like, uninterrupted. I don't know. They might have had commercials in there. I don't know. I don't remember. It's, no, maybe they cut the commercials and, out. And so Joe sends it saying, hey, this is like very Anchorman-ish. I'm thinking it's going to be a 30-second, maybe a minute, minute and a half news clip from the era where somebody said something inappropriate, where it was o- overtly sexist or something like that. Or, you know, the, the banter between the people was so bizarrely weird, funny. And it, it was a straight-up real thing, but it was mesmerizing. Yeah, you said you watched the entire thing. I didn't watch the entire I thing. I watched the entire and thing. And I sent it to you. You know, um... Yeah, no, I couldn't. It was like one of those things. Those first couple minutes, I kept waiting for the weirdness and the funny thing to click in. And then I was just like all in. Yeah, I subscribed to this channel on YouTube called 80s Commercial Vault. And they show blocks of commercials from the 70s and 80s. And this was sort of like off the beaten path for them. It's like, yeah, you know, this is interesting. Throw it up there. It didn't have any commercials, ironically. But it it was fascinating because... Yeah, you saw the the cadence of their delivery. Um, it's almost like you look at the '70s news reporting style from New York, and you think about the way news reports are portrayed in movies now. It's like okay, the people writing the movies now are were influenced by the well, news well, of then, the yeah, '70s, right? Because nobody talks like that in news now. Like they don't have like guy with a you know a reporter on the field. You know, holding a microphone up to somebody. Rarely do you see that. It's always, it's a lot smoother than that. The B rolls, you know, the packages are cut more cleanly now. But back then it was just like, they were like, you know, when they were interviewing, there was one guy interviewing residents of New York, of like a New York um, the, borough. The, the law student with the baby? Yes, right. They, the guy was, it, it was like, you know, 10 people just sort of huddled up. Honestly, it was the summer. They had nothing to do. This was probably the only light source that they had was this news truck. So they were just sort of like, you know, standing around being interviewed. And, of course, this guy's probably more known than than we do because we didn't grow up in New York. Storm Field. What do you think he was on the newscast? Wasn't a sports guy. Wasn't the anchor man. Let me think. Storm Field. And, and does he legally change his name? <laughs> I don't know. But he's like a legend, apparently. Like, he's like, you know, up there. Like, he's like, you know, Al Roker status in... 
the meteorologist's Hall of Fame. Like he's up there with like Harvey Leonard. Um, you know Harvey Leonard. Everybody loves. Harvey. I wish I knew Harvey Leonard. Dick Albert. You know. Uh, so, so anybody out of this market, Joe is going down <laughs> the like the 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 murderers row of Boston weathermen, right? <laughs> like the Mount Rushmore of Boston local. Right, right. It, that's our next Mount Rushmore: Harvey Leonard, um, yeah, Dick Albert. Dick, who's in Dick Albert with Chet and Natalie? Was he part of the NBC? Yes, oh, Channel Jesus. Five. Yeah, this, this has gotten sad. For us. No, it's not sad. <laughs> it's really happy. It is actually. All right, let's get back to video games. Okay, so Mortal Kombat, you didn't play? Uh, no, I didn't watch the movie. And you didn't watch? No, I played the game. Okay, I, but I've not watched the movie. Uh, and it's one of those things where the boys liked it. Oh, unwatchable. <laughs> I mean, it, it was so. So bad, and I, I'm trying to watch it. And like, okay, were these effects 25 years ago cool? Am I watching it? You know, am I watching it from the wrong perspective? But they liked it. They watched it. It was on Netflix, so you know they weren't punching each other. They, they were watching were, other people punch. Uh, so that was okay. And then just two days later. You know, we kept the video game movie trailer rolling, and management had stopped off at Redbox on the way home because we we had wanted to see Rampage. Um, the boys really wanted to see it, but I really didn't want to see it in a theater. Uh, and that starred whom? Uh, the Rock. Oh, and your wife wanted to see this? Go figure. Mm. You know, yeah. She, uh, no, I love him too. I mean, he's great. Um, but... Uh, one of the more prudent business decisions I made is to get it out of Redbox first, having seen it in the theater. Um, I'll kind of tie in what you're, you just said about The Rock and something we're going to talk about this week with uh, our sideshow. I saw, for the first time last week, my wife had, been, my wife had gone through her you know, plethora of NCIS catch-ups on Netflix and finally you know, wanted to take a break. A little palate cleanser. So she threw on Get Smart, the movie from 2008. Um, I think I think maybe 2009. Jeez. Uh, the Rock was in that. Um, that was, um, eh. Did you see that? I did. And I remember, I mean, I love Stephen Carell. And I remember really wanting it to be better. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, who played Hermie? What's his face? Jaime. Jaime. Oh, uh, Patrick Warburton. Patrick Warburton, who I love. Two seconds. Two right. seconds at the end of the movie, you see Jaime the robot. And I don't know if that was sort of like a, we're going to do a sequel. Hey, Peter. <laughs> you know? They did do a sequel. Oh, you told me about this. Right. They shot the sequel simultaneously of shooting it, and for one-tenth the price. So if if Get Smart was a $100 million movie at the time, or whatever it was... With all B-listers, and the only name that carried over from that movie to this was was Warburton. And who was the chief? Oh, Alan Arkin. Had like one scene. Like one scene in the sequel. But it focused on the two tech guys. Right. Yeah. The uh, guy from Heroes uh, and so the other, another guy. So, yeah. So, so, so Get Smart. I, I wanted to like it more. Uh, but the reason I say it ties into a sideshow is because... I don't know if we win a. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the side show in a second. We'll yeah, plug yeah, it. Yeah. Very excited that you brought it up. Okay. Um, but with Rampage, I remember. Didn't we talk with Robert when we had when we went over to Robert's house about the history of video games? Was Rampage the first? Because I was trying to remember this when I was telling the boys. Was Rampage the first time that you 
were the bad guy causing the damage? Yeah, I think so. That's pretty much it. Yeah. You know, and I, yeah, because you played a monster who's terrorizing a city. And I'm trying to, you know, spoiler alert, it's like, yeah, it's a bit like Wreck-It Ralph, the actual game Wreck-It Ralph, where the idea is you try to cause as much damage as you can before the military shoots you off or something like that. So there's a scene where, but of course, they had to make a whole story of it. Um, And The Rock, you know, is friends with uh, the gorilla and they have sign language. And there's a couple little funny sign language things. Uh, lo and behold, where the gorilla gives the finger. Spoiler alert! And which the boys could not love anymore. Uh, and and you know, and it, it's one of those things where the wife was like, "Oh my god, I can't believe how bad it is." And I'm like, "You got a movie star on the rock, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right, right? Let's, Your Honor, I like to yeah, present Exhibit A. <laughs> you're starting off zero and one. You know. uh, are things going to blow up? Probably. Is he going to be either shirtless or in a really tight, tight shirt? Probably. Okay, so there we go. You got what you paid for. And he, uh, you know, but it's one of those things where uh, the bad guys had this mutant that, you know, got into the public. And uh, and there was a wolf that became this, you know, gigantic, like, building-sized wolf that could also, you find out, could fly. Oh. There was an alligator that, and the gorilla... But somehow the gorilla snaps out of it. He didn't mutate the way they did. They just got bigger. But you know, it was it was it was, it was so ridiculous. But it was fun. You know, it was, uh-huh. and again, it was so worth the dollar seventy five that we paid for two hours of entertainment. Watching the previews before we like, you know, the it was wow. fun previews. There wasn't any previews for stuff I didn't want to see. Previews. You I love. Previews. You sit through the previews on DVDs if we like it. Like I, I love previews. I just don't want to watch previews for earth-shattering movies that will affect my life in ways <laughs> they shouldn't. Um, yep. Well, you know. But so you have your line. Were you a rampage guy? Is, is rampage yeah. on the shelf behind me? No, it is not. I was not a rampage guy, but it's a fun game. I bet you have it on on one of the emulator programs. Shh. <laughs> that you bought legally, right? I haven't. I, haven't you noticed my Rampage arcade machine right here? <laughs> so you haven't seen either one of these movies. Oh, nope. you haven't played either one of these movies. Well, I played Mortal Kombat. All right. So, yeah. so here I'm thinking. Oh, I'm gonna have. I'm gonna bring some stuff to the bond. table that Joe's gonna really take the lead on. Right. He's salivating. Like okay. he can, he's been waiting his entire life to talk about the Mortal Kombat yeah. movie. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna be the first person to tell you this. You've let me down, Joe. Yes. You've let me down. Uh, it's a day ending in Y, as you said it. <laughs> so now, um, based on that, he's going to go over, and I'm going to let him down some more, by reviewing a game I probably didn't play. So he's going to go over for the random video game review of the week. He's looking at my shelf of video games. He's steering clear of the usual fodder of Nintendo Entertainment System games, and instead... I must have said something that triggered Siri. All righty. Um, well, at least you turned something on. hey <laughs> And so he grabbed a game off of a shelf that is a disc-based system. And I'm going to have to guess. I know usually I have the advantage of knowing what system I'm um, guessing from. What system did you PS3. Pull? It's a PS3, PlayStation 3 game. It is... I don't have... I have about a dozen, maybe 15... Yeah, games, and is it a, no? It's not Uncharted, thankfully. Um, uh, is it Last of Us? 
is the last oh, of us. Oh, look at that. And then you could have grabbed this or the remastered PS4 version that I just recently picked up. I've uh, I've not played yet the remastered version for the PS4. I have played Last of Us uh, a little bit, a bit on PS3. I haven't played it in about probably a year or so. Um, it's interesting. I think it takes place in Boston, if I remember correctly. Oh, interesting. I think. Um, if I'm rem- I mean, I know that Fallout 4 took place in, in in Boston. And the previews, commercials for that are great. That's why I that's why I got it for my little guy mm-hmm. like two years ago. Because I, I didn't want to play it, but I wanted to watch him play it. So I'll review that really quick. It was really fun. It was a shooter game. It was a post-apocalyptic Boston in 1950. And they With happened- the 1950s aesthetic. Yeah, yeah. Like... Uh, 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 nuclear war or atomic war. I don't think it was nuclear war yet. Right. Atomic war had destroyed humanity, basically. And the the lead character in this was in cryogenic sleep. So he comes out and it's like a hundred years later, but it's still the way it was. I, I will give huge props. There you can find a radio and there's like two radio stations. And I thought, oh man, they made these whole playlist of songs that sound like they're from the era, but they're based on atomic. They're all atomic-based songs. I looked it up. No, they're all real songs from the era and stuff like that. It was really, really... But it's fun because it's you and I being here in Arlington. It's You're going from Arlington to Concord to Lexington. and and Yeah, right. You're going right down the trail to Boston. They have like a Fenway Park. But it's like... It's weird because the town names are the same, but the landmarks are different. Anyway, that's Fallout 4. Last of Us... It's uh, again. I think it's post-apocalyptic, um, and it's like this is kind of a yeah. It's a uh, yeah. It's actually post-pandemic, so this is sort of a zombie kind of. Sh- you might. I mean, have you you've not played The Last of Us? The little guy has. Okay. Liked it. Beat it. Oh, okay. Great. By little guy, I mean the eight-year-old. Right. Right. Because I'm a bad parent <laughs> and a bad person. Rated M for mature, blood and gore, intense violence, sexual themes, strong language. So so yeah, eight years old. Yeah, but Naughty Dog is the is the publisher of this uh, classic game. This is actually very very good. It, there's a there's actually a sequel coming out this year, I think this year or early next year, um, following the daughter and her exploits. But um, it's a it's a it's a game where you're yeah you're you're you have to you know team up with other survivors and there are factions that you have to join um there's some there's like a lot of um there's some crossbowing i think there's some bow and arrowing kind of stuff yeah she has a bow and arrow um you know but you have other types of weapons it's um it's a good game and it, and it's a, it also has like a crushing kind of turn towards like the like the final act I think you have to make a decision in the in the game that like really like it's like Sophie, Sophie's choice level decision um, that def, you know affects the gameplay. So I know shame on me for not playing these games and watching fucking eyewitness news from 1977. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? This podcast. So um, that's it. That's my random video game review. Hey, if you didn't own this puppy, what do you think you'd be shelling out for it on eBay? <laughs> oh, four bucks. I mean, it's it. You know, yeah. I'm seeing it here for seven, but I think when we bought it out of the bin, I think it was those three games for like twenty. Yeah, I mean, so. I, just so you know, I got the remastered version for three forty nine. Oh. So fuck you, GameStop. <laughs> oh, so that takes us through that. You got a Netflix pick of the week? 
I have Redbox, Netflix. I have a a what Jock can't watch without illegally downloading it or coming over to my house. Oh, are you putting it on a flash drive for me? Exactly. This is uh, the new HBO documentary on Robin Williams. Come inside my mind. Two hours of fucking phantasmagoria. This is this thing's awesome. This thing, it shows you, you know, things you know knew about Robin Williams, things you didn't know about Robin Williams, things you didn't see about Robin Williams. It shows, you know, him starting out. In comedy, uh, his background, he grew up with uh, in a very well-to-do household. His father, I think, was like a vice president at Ford Motor Company. And they moved around a lot. They settled, you know, mainly in San Francisco. And he was an only child. He, uh, But he went to like a preppy school, kind of like Dead Poet Society, and that type of school. And um, then he got, you know, he decided, he saw... His dad was like a very kind of like not a, a, a stoic guy, but was kind of a hard laugh. But he found that his father loved Jonathan Winters. On it's that, okay, I never knew where the love for Jonathan Winters had come right. from. Right, like Jonathan Winters made his dad laugh, and then that, that sort of light bulb went off on in Robin Williams' head. So that's where you know, as he became successful and became a, um, you know a star on Mork and Mindy, of which you see uh, R-rated outtakes. Of, R-rate it. Yeah, like him swearing and shit. You know, they're just like fucking up on... And it's it's great. Like there's... even But the, you don't see Pam Dauber's chest. No, unfortunately. So not really no, R-rated. No, okay. no. I mean, you know, it's... Okay, PG-13 rated. Well, I don't know what you... A TVMA. But uh, yeah, you see great uh, behind-the-scenes footage. Uh, you know, you see... Um, you even see him um, mimicking or paying homage to the... There was a stick routine that Jonathan Winters did on the like Jack Parr show or something where they handed him a stick and he would just sort of improvise with the stick and then he Robin Williams did that on Sesame Street with Elmo and he does this he does all of these things and like the stuff that like it's like okay we're gonna have to cut that out because it was like too dirty so and then finally he hands the stick back to Elmo and Elmo says thank you Mr. Robbins and Robin Williams goes Mr. Robbins. I'm taking this stick back, Elmo, because he fucked up his name. And you see Elmo shrinking down into the box on which he was sitting, like the crew laughing. And he, you see the eyes poke up over the box, and he goes, I had three lines! <laughs> <laughs> so, and it's great, but it's, it, it, it's it, it, you know, they interview uh, his son, Zach. Uh, they interview friends of his. They get into the Coke stuff. They get into... What? Yep. Yeah. Uh, Talk about another <laughs> shocker, another... A star from the 70s, 70s the early 90s yes. on Coke? Yep. Um, I think he was Coke. Exactly. <laughs> right. But uh, it's just a fantastic but, watch. But, but what's weird hearing this is like a rich kid, a rich white kid in San Francisco becoming a mind because I always thought that was <laughs> the calling of like downtrodden urban city kids. Right, exactly. He studied at Juilliard under John Hausman. America's favorite old fart. <laughs> okay, well, put it on a flash drive. I'm sold. Uh, also, my pick of the week is only a trailer, again, from you. Thank you for being my source of entertainment. Uh, this week, there's a trailer for the new DCU um, online only, and I guess I'm going to have to spend $8 a month for this thing. Fuck that. But 
eight dollars for a month. Like, a there's month. no way you're going to be like having multiple months of DC Universe. I can't imagine. Well, unless they drop all the sh- it's like. All right, like they could drag it out like once a week. Once a week, but there's a new live action Titan, and it looks great. Um, spoiler alert! Like you know, there's these bad guys, and somebody's like, "Where's Batman?" And Robin pops out, and we're nowhere. It's like, "Fuck Batman!" It's like you know, you're dealing with me type thing. Doesn't he gun him down or something? And, or uh, being, oh no, he doesn't use a gun. No, he does. Um, Jason Todd did. Now, how far down the Robin rabbit hole do we want to go? We're talking Dick Grayson, yeah. but. Uh, Oh, I'm hoping it was Tim Drake, but maybe it's no. The it was the flying, the flying Grayson. Oh, it was the flying Grayson. Right, you're right, right, right. Um, and the Titans. Uh, I'm so excited about it. And it was really funny that it dropped on the 10 year anniversary of the Dark Knight coming out. Um, you know, big night in Batman history, and they drop a trailer that says "fuck Batman." Uh huh. So, they know where their bread's buttered. Uh, so that so now we will. We are doing a sideshow that uh, I could not be more excited about. One of our truly. One of the heroes of heroes that we reference on a huge regular basis whose film and television work has shaped my life for better or worse. For worse. No, um, I was going to say for better. But but uh, honestly, I, I have him in the top ten most influential people in my life as it wow. comes to entertainment. Ten. You mean not three? Maybe top Four. five. I'd have to really think about it. But you, maybe. I mean, we'll talk about it more. But tell tell the folks what we got coming up, Joseph. We're going to do a sideshow on the not late, great Mel Brooks. Um, very excited. Found I found out a couple things on, you know, doing research for this that I didn't know, and I've seen documentaries, and I've actually read books about this guy. But he, you know, we'll get into it. But probably. When I say, you know, yeah, maybe top five influences, and that includes stand-up comics, that includes TV show, that includes movies, but four or five of his movies, he he's, he's has four or five of my favorite movies, and not like, you know, different ones of Star Wars, or different Batman movies are in my top 25. I mean, this guy has probably three or four completely unrelated movies all in my top 20. And we'll get into it this week. On Sideshow, hopefully Thursday, you'll be hearing it. (laughs) Uh, Parenting tip of the week, Joseph. Do you have one? (laughs) Uh, If you're going to have kids, don't ignore them. You know, maybe take them out of the house once in a while during summer vacation. If you're not going to pay for summer camp, at least, you know, set them up with something where they're not just sitting around playing online games with each other in separate rooms. You know, just really expand their horizons. They were only young once, you motherfucker. Stop ruining their childhood. What are you going to do? Tell them to go. Here's a stick. Go in the backyard and play. Oh, God. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I'll show them the Jonathan Winters bit. <laughs> oh. No, I do not have a parenting tip because I'm awful. My, my, mine's on the, mine's is on that line. So my little guys played last two weeks. They started flag football. Neither one is good. And neither one love it. The little one doesn't mind it as much as the older one does. But the older one made like one catch like in a drill this week. And I, I accidentally was filming it at the right time. And it was good. And he was happy to see it. Um, but it was weird that they have both asked. It's like, well, you, you should throw the ball to us more. We should go do this this week. And we actually went down to a field one, one morning this week. And it was so much fun. Um, you know, it, it was a little frustrating because... I was psyched that they wanted to 
practice a sport thing and it's like I, I would never push it I've always like I said I'll wait for them to ask and then we got down there and fuckers wanted to goof off and play and have fun and I'm trying to run goddamn drills here you know but it no but it was it was a, it was a lot of fun uh, I don't think we will see any iota of improvement this Saturday than last one except that you know they 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 might run in the right direction at the right time. Yeah, I don't know how my sons are getting paler as the summer goes on, <laughs> but I digress. But no, so I mean, the, the whole spin the time thing, it's like, yeah, turns out the little fuckers like it. So there uh, you have it. Maybe I'll take your parenting tip to heart for my older kids. Kids, one of them's like, you know, college age. Hey, it's better than you. I mean, don't beat yourself too much. I mean, Joe's only interaction with his dad growing up, it was pie a pork chub around his neck so the dog would play with them. <laughs> But it was my dad. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my dad left. <laughs> last thoughts, Joseph? I uh, wish they were my last thoughts. <laughs> they just might be. Right, exactly. No, I have. I think this is um, a wonderful country that we live in. I don't think it's on fire at all. I think um, maybe we should take a, a tip from one of Robert Williams' characters from Dead Poet Society and seize the day. Carpe diem, you know? Um, really like not sit in your basement and look blankly at the video game wall that's you've created and said, what have I done with my resources, both financial and time? Um, I'm getting a little too off track here. No, I have no final word. What do you have? Mine would be my, my three thoughts is a learn Mandarin <laughs> two, learn Russian, but three. And this is most important. Do not forget 